0: Joining us now is someone I haven't known well over the years, but I've known him. He's been on the, the the he's been on the horizon for a long time within the Oriole organization, and this year he makes the move from Bowie Bay Sox manager up to Norfolk. Uh, we welcome in Gary Kendall. Gary, how are you? Good, Stan. I'm, I'm doing fine, thank you. How are things going down there in uh, Sarasota?
1: You know, great. I've only been here a week, but the program started back in January with guys kind of slowly trickling in. And we're up to about 14, 15 players, uh, kind of a mixture of some guys that, uh, you know, some veteran players, Kashner and that type of thing. And then you got Wins and Cisco and, a, you know, a variety of guys, some guys that are new to the organization. Uh, Vince a, who's an infielder, and Bostic, an infielder, and uh, McKenna, Hayes. So it's, it's a good group of guys. And uh, we have morning workouts. Actually, I just finished one this morning. Kind of had a light day on Saturday and just heading back to the hotel.
0: Gary, tell me, is, is it already the organization taking on the stamp of Brandon Hayes, uh, Brandon Hyde?
1: What do you mean, for the workouts?
0: Yeah, I mean, in other words, what you're trying to teach. Is there is there a coordinated effort between Hyde and all the other minor league skippers?
1: Well, there will be. I yep. mean, uh, you know, Brandon's not here yet, but uh, in the past, and I know when Buck was here, it was it was uh, whatever was done up in Baltimore as far as our team defenses, our bunt plays, um, our hitting philosophies and things, and they're going to be put in place all throughout our system. I know Brandon talked of that when I met him back in January, and that's probably what it's going to be. But right now it's kind of just informal workouts you know, kind of optional type stuff. But I know once we get up with our ball clubs, the philosophies that are, that are brought with uh, Mike Elias and Sig and uh, Brandon Hyde and his coaching staff, they're going to be important, and uh, we're going to have to do those throughout our system, which is great because that way when guys move level to level, you know, they know what to expect, they know what's going on, and um, they can continue in their development.
0: How easy is that to accomplish? I remember, you know, uh, growing up as a teenager, you always heard the Oriole way, and I saw Frank Robinson's speech the other night uh, at his statue ceremony where he said the Oriole way back then was the right way to do things. I'm sure every organization thinks they've got the right way to do things, but how hard is it to go from Major League down to Gulf Coast and do things the same way? You know, I don't think it's hard. I
1: mean, you're you're, t- you're talking about a different talent level, you know, so some things that you want to apply, it may take that younger player that's new right out of college that has been doing something that way for, for a stretch of time. Um, so for them to incorporate it into their style of play, sometimes there's a process that comes with that. But, you know, I think where it was really kind of off track was when we you know, back in the day where you're talking about, the Orioles used to kind of train over Miami and everything was together. Mm-hmm. And then since, you know, not too long ago, we've been in Ed Smith. And even with our twin legs complex, there's there's a bond. And players identify now with big leaguers. I remember years ago when I was in extended, I would be in extended spring training and I would ask people, you know, they knew the Brian Robertses and the, the Mark Capuses, but they didn't know who was playing third base for us because They were in Lauderdale. We were in Twin Lakes. There was a three-hour difference, and I thought that was a challenge because our clubs were so far apart, whereas recently our ballplayers that are over in the mini camp, and then, of course, in spring training, they they get a little service time in spring training games, and their eyes are are more seen by our front office. So I think that's one of the easier things Mm -hmm. since we have our camps closer together.
2: Gary Craig Heist here. Uh, let me ask you this, and that's uh, you know, for you, what's going to be the the biggest difference for you this year, having moved from Bowie up to Norfolk? And from this from this standpoint is why I'm asking. So many times anymore, it seems like the jump to the major leagues for most guys come from they're they're coming from triple I mean double A into the major leagues. How much of that? happens now with guys you know at the at the triple a level to come up there because it just seems like so many more major league teams tap from double a
1: mm-hmm. well i mean i i noticed it when i was at double a and i noticed that more and more each year you had to prepare those players to go up tomorrow and especially those players that were highly touted um i think the biggest challenge and the, not so much challenge you know as i as i went through short season and a ball and all throughout the biggest thing I noticed was the quality of play at double a and from talking to guys at triple a level and granted, I've not been at the triple a level ever. They say it's the speed of the game because it's you're you're closer to the big leagues and your roster is uh, kind of embedded with guys that have played in the big Mm leagues, maybe multiple years. And, and some guys maybe are kind of looking to hang on. Some guys have been up and back and, and so I think the, the the quality of play, the speed of the game, uh, I think from a manager's standpoint, you know, preparing your bullpen, kind of thinking innings ahead, um, I, I think that's probably the thing that I'm going to notice the difference. But uh, but the, the the style of play, I think I think in AA, one of one of the things I noticed was, I tell you what, there was velocity in AA. I mean, you're, you're talking about playing teams, you know, the Cleveland Indy organization, the, Redding, uh, the, the the Pirates, the Phillies. They had guys that had real good arm strength. And I know in AAA, you'll run into those pitchers that might only be, you know, 90 to 92, but they have three pitches that they can throw over the plate. They'll pitch backwards. If you can't hit a slider, you'll see sliders. If, you know, whereas in A, maybe they have a guy that has a command of, of one, maybe two pitches. In AAA, you'll run into that guy that can, you know, throw a 2-0 changeup, a 3-1 changeup. So it's a struggle for the hitter. And, uh, you know, it's a a much more competitive situation for players.
0: We're talking with Gary Kendall. Gary's been the manager at Bowie for eight years, right, Gary? Eight years, yeah. And he is now stepping up to uh, AAA and will be the Norfolk Tides new manager. Gary, for you, I'm excited because I know it gets you one step closer to a major league either coaching job or managing job. What did Mike Elias or Brandon Hyde – explain to you was the reason they thought that it was a, a good move for the organization to, to kick you up a, a level.
1: Well, you know, actually it was after, uh, uh, uh Ron Johnson wasn't, uh, retained okay. That it was, it was brought to me kind of late in the fall. Okay. Uh, prior to Christmas. And, uh, it was right around the time we kind of hired Mike Elias. So I think, uh, the way I understand it, they were going to allow Brandon an opportunity to maybe bring somebody in that maybe he worked with in AAA or, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody that he knew of. And it wasn't a a knock against me. It was just, you know, comfortability. And I totally understand it. And I was fine going back to Bowie. And and I think Mike and Brandon talked and and, uh, my name came up, you know, and I'm sure they did their research on me. And I was very ecstatic and very honored that they they, uh, chose me. And when I had to sit down with Kent Qualls and um, Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde, you know, one of the first things that Mike said was, why didn't I want the position? And uh, I said, well, really, it's never really been offered. And, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things that they talked about and the big thing that they're stressing is is teaching at the major league level and teaching at the AAA level. Yep. You know, for years, I'm being down in the low minor leagues in Aberdeen and the GCL and Instructional League, you know, it's it, it's development loaded and i think sometimes as you get the double a and triple a as a staff sometimes you feel like well these players are already developed they are what they are and that's not true especially with the young group of players that baltimore is going to feature at the big league level at the triple a level you never stop teaching you never stop coaching and the demands of early work and getting things right and getting on the same page are going to be vital and that's the only that's the way it's going to make us win here. And and just to teach at the major league level and to teach at the AAA level. So that veteran player that, uh, you know, isn't quite getting it, that, you know, that the way we're doing things, we're going to have to, you know, get that player on board. And it's my job and our coaching staff's job to get those players on board with what we're going to try to accomplish here.
0: You know, I've been doing radio since like 1983. And in that time, there's been a proliferation of – both Latin American players, Cuban players, in the big leagues it's an area that the Orioles, for whatever the reasons and uh i don't I don't think we need to get into the reasons they didn't get into that market, but they ha- they have never really significantly tried to make strides there. Ron Rizzi, the scout for the uh the Nationals, yeah. mentioned to me last year he came down to see either Frederick or Bowie, and he says. There's not a single Latin American player on those. This was early in the season. He goes, mm-hmm. God. He goes. There's 25 percent of the players are from Latin America, and 30 percent of the superstars are now from Latin America. You've had a, a close up eye of the other opposition that comes in to play Bowie, or you visit them. How right. much does that hurt an organization to not have played in that marketplace significantly?
1: Well, it certainly hurts because there's so much ability. When you're talking about Cuban and players and players from Venezuela and the Dominican, there's talented players. There's so much talent over there. I spend some winters, some off season over there looking at our young players over there and uh, see some of the tryout camps and some of the players that are signed by other organizations. And I'm just so happy that we're going to, you know, step it up and ramp it up and, and get more of those players because the talent level. And, and they supplement your drafts, you know, yep. and they – because you, when you have those, you know that good shortstop or that good outfielder coming from any of those places, and 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 I'm not saying you you have a down draft, but let's say you know there's not that premier shortstop coming out that draft. It allows you to grab that shortstop that's from the Dominican or mm-hmm. Venezuela. That now he's in your system, and uh, you know it just it just makes your system better. I know in Bowie. The quality of players that I had, actually, I was very fortunate, you know, and I was able to, you know, like this year, you know, getting a Yusin diaz and, and I had an Adrian Rodriguez who just recently signed with the Padres, who was a very productive minor league player. Even if they're not big league players, they support your system, and they become good support players in your system to develop other players.
0: Can so I? Get-
1: so uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward
0: to it. Can I get a quick, like, 20, 30-second on five different players, okay? Sure. Dean Kramer.
1: A guy that really is polished. He's got a polished delivery. His arm works really good. Uh, he's got a real good uh, breaking ball. Good spin on his breaking ball. Very intelligent pitcher. And uh, I think he's going to be a, a good rotation starter for us.
0: Braden Klein.
1: Brandon Klein. I tell you, a guy I'm who sorry. battled through adversity. Very yep. intelligent pitcher. Gifted with a great arm. His secondary pitches have really improved. But he's got a power fastball throws downhill. And he's a very bright young man.
0: Austin Hayes.
1: Um, I tell you what, with this, you're getting a guy that plays the game the right way. Um, you know what? There's not a glaring weakness in his game. There's a guy that's got power. He can run. He can get on base. He can steal a base. He can throw. He can play left, center, right, preferably to corners. Um, very, very agile And and very open to learning.
2: About about Austin, how big a year is this for him in terms of establishing and saying, you know, this guy belongs up at this level?
1: Well, I know he's looking forward to it. He's down here now, and he's a little leader than he was last Mm -hmm. year. Uh, So I know he's excited about it. And if he just goes out there and, you know, allows himself time to get into it and, and, and do his thing and not try to do too much, He's going to be fine.
0: Let me continue with three real quick names. Chance Sisko.
1: Chance Cisco. I haven't had him in a year or two, but uh, he's a guy that can can hit the ball to all fields. I'd like to see him do it more. Um, continue improvement with his catching, uh, but he's a guy who's got a knack to hit. Uh, he's got a history of hitting in the minor leagues and looking for him to, to really step it up this year and, and compete for that starting job.
0: Zach Pop.
1: Real interesting arm. You know, he's got to work a little bit on his times to the plate. They're a little slow. But he's a guy who's got tremendous sink life, a lot of bore in on right-handers. And he's got a nice, hard, sweeping slider. Um, He's got two pitches. Hasn't been playing pro ball very long. But this guy's got a real special arm, mid-90s. Real good guy at the end of a game, possibly.
0: And how about D.L. Hall?
1: Oh, I tell you, I've never gotten an opportunity to manage. Only seen him in instruction league. And you're talking about a guy also can really spin the breaking ball, uh, a nice delivery, very easy going, and he's got plenty on his fastball. And I, I think this guy's going to be a special left-hander for us.
0: So I screwed up. Who's the lefty you had last year? Was it uh, Aiken? Keegan Aiken? Keegan Aiken. Yeah. You know, Keegan, Keegan, uh,
1: I tell you what, here's a guy that's got a good riding fastball. You know, you see a guy that can really pitch well with his fastball. Uh, I, I, I'd like to see him utilize his breaking ball and his change up more in his arsenal. Sometimes he, you know, he, he's getting results by, you know, throwing fastballs by people. And you know what? He's not overpowering. Here's a guy that's out there throwing 92, 93, which is nothing wrong with that. But he's a guy that's got, if you watch his fastball action, he's a guy that, it, 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 right as the fastball's getting in a hitting zone, he's got a lot of hop to it and, and it gets through that strike zone and guys just don't see it good. Gets a lot of swings and misses with a fastball.
0: Gary, we do this show every Saturday morning. Love to get you on about once a month if it works out that way this summer. All right?
1: You got it. Hopefully
0: we're in the midst of a win. I hope so. (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you very much for taking a few minutes out for us. Craig, Stan, thank you. All right. There you have it. Gary Kendall, new manager at Norfolk.